This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Well, I, you know, I don't know, I don't preach a lot in English, um, and I don't do that well in Spanish. Uh, although I love the Spanish language, I really do. My, my tongue still has problems with it. And we've been out of Mexico for some time, so you, 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 you gradually lose what you used to have. I made a few blunders, even though when I was in Mexico, I remember they, uh, I was uh, preaching, and I really wasn't preaching. I was leading songs and for a veteran missionary, and I mispronounced the name of the hymn that we were going to sing. It was a little village, a little small building uh, un, uh, that had concrete floors that were... Uh, rough and windows with no glass and there was flies all over the place and uh, I was trying to say at Calvary but I made a mistake and I didn't say it right and the pastor's wife stood up and she corrected me and she said no it's El Calvario and I said gracias Calvario and everybody started laughing and at the end of the service I asked the pastor why did they start laughing I said you called my wife a horse You know, you want to get away? We had a little village in uh, a little town called El Novillo, and uh, some ladies would come, and they'd walk for kilometers, miles and miles. And one lady, she must have been 90 years old. She had tortillas that she would throw to the dogs when they came after her. And uh, they were just really nice people. And we had a visitor come, and I was introducing him. And, you know, there's a, a few words in Spanish that are really close. Uh, fiel is faithful and feo is ugly. <laughs> and I introduced the lady, said, Esas son las más feas que tenemos en nuestra iglesia. And I said, These are the ugliest ladies in our church. <laughs> but you know, it kind of it goes both ways. You know, we all have our problems. I, I, you know, I, I preached a few times and I shared this little story about the Mexican paramedic, and some people. Say, I remember you preached in my church 10 years ago and you told me about the Mexican paramedic. Didn't remember the message, remember the paramedic story. But the poor fellow, he was, he was so nervous. It's his first job and he, he calls the doctor up and says, Senor, no say, I don't know what to do. This lady, she has broken bones, she has bruises all over her body and blood and chicken breath. And the doctor said, what? He says, see, yeah, she's got blood all over the place, broken bones and bruises and chicken breath. And bring her in. So he brought her in, and the doctor looks at the lady and says, oh, say, that lady's dead. He says, see, I know I told you. He said, no, you didn't. He said something about broken bones and blood and bruises and chicken breath. She sa he said, see, I can breathe, you can breathe, she can breathe. <laughs> I can breathe, you can breathe, she can't breathe. Well, so we all have that problem sometimes, you know. It's just, uh, it just, just. It's fine. We ought to be able to laugh at ourselves. I've made so many mistakes. It's, it's unbelievable. But, you know, my life as a, as a pastor, as a missionary, started as an invitation. Just started as an invitation, a simple invitation. And before I share it with you, let's have prayer. Father, we thank you for your love for us. And thank you for the divine invitation that you gave to us, which ultimately led us to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that folks will not see... See me, but see Christ in the next few moments. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, I, was, uh, I lived in Fairfax, Virginia, my wife and I, and we had a little girl, Tina, 
And a lady from Bethlehem Baptist Church at the time, she knocked on my door and she says, can your little girl ride the bus with us? And I said, are you kidding? She's only five years old. She's not going to ride your bus. And he, she said, well, Mr. Tobin, you can ride with us and you'll see how good. That, we, that was a good answer. And I didn't have a response, so I lied. I said, okay, we'll ride the bus. The bus came and we didn't ride. Now I had two ladies mad at me, my wife and my little girl. So, okay, we'll go, we'll go, we'll go. We went that night, and my goodness, I broke that promise, but, man, I took her to the church, and, and we had another invitation. The Holy Spirit of God spoke to my heart that night. I was under conviction. Oh, my. It was almost like yesterday. Then the title of the, of the message was why every member of this church ought to go to hell. And I thought members of churches went to heaven. But you know, you might be a member of a church and not know Christ. It could happen. It could happen. And uh, man, I thought for sure that if God was going to speak to me, now I believed in God. I had a head knowledge, but I never had Christ in my heart up to this point. And I figured, God Almighty, the creator of the universe, he's going to talk to me. I want to hear a thundering voice. And the preacher says, no, you. it's a small, still voice. Now, looking at preacher, now, listen, this is auditorium fairly big. The church ran about 1,200 members, and it was on a Sunday night. There was probably 600 there at least. And he was preaching to me. Amen. I didn't know what to do. I said to myself, well, I knew I should get saved, but I'll do that tomorrow. And no sooner than I said that, he said, Proverbs 27, 1 says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. And I said, how did he know that? And I thought, well, now is really not the time. It's just not now. And then he said, don't put it off. Behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. I had no place to go. I know you're not supposed to. Kids don't do this. But I ran in church. When the invitation was given, all right, I walked real fast. I came close to running. And I went down. And some guy, I remember his name was John Lewis. And John Lewis, he took me by the hand. He said, brother? And I thought, he called me brother. He said, why'd you come forward? And I started to think, well, wait a minute. Didn't you hear the message? <laughs> you know, the preacher said, you're not guaranteed your next heartbeat. And I could feel my heart pounding. And I thought, it's going to stop. He said, you're not guaranteed your next breath of air. And I went, <sighs> so when it was time, I, I gave. And after I trusted Christ as my Lord and Savior, the Lord tenderly gave me another invitation to serve him. Oh, wait a minute. You know, I had a hard time in school. You know, I had to go to summer school to graduate from high school. I was a rebellious kid. I missed 89 days out of a school year. You can't do that and pass. But he wanted me to be a Sunday school teacher. Can you believe that? I became a Sunday school teacher. I worked in the ministry. I worked in junior church. But still something was missing. You know what I was doing? I was serving God and running from God at the same time. Maybe there's somebody like that here. Some people said I was, no, oh, you're just zealous. Zealous? Is that how you pronounce the word? Zealous? 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 Who made that word anyway? But I wasn't. Some said that was just being zealous and that would pass. And God said, no, it's my will and it will not pass. 452 times, Gordon, says in the Bible, it shall and it says, and it came to pass. That's God's calling doesn't come to pass. It came to stay. 
Listen, the Bible says, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. You know what's interesting in Spanish? Can I share something with you in Spanish? The same verse. Porque irrevocables son los dones y el llamamiento de Dios. It says, the callings of God are irrevocable. If God's calling you, he's not going to stop calling. If he wants you to do something for him and he's calling you, hey, if you want to, if you're not sure it's God calling, then don't answer. It'll go away or you will be miserable until you get things right with God. And I was miserable for a long time. But let me say this. Brother Barney brought this to my attention not too long ago. I remember saying this before, but I don't remember where. But there's a difference between a burden and a call. Jonah had a call, but he didn't have a burden. He didn't want to go preach the word of God. And some have a burden, but they don't have a call. We had people come to Mexico and they had a burden, but they didn't stay very long because they didn't have a call on their life. So if you go to a mission field with just a burden alone, bless your heart, you're, you'll not stick through it. You don't, you don't do any good. But if you go to the mission field with a call and you don't have a burden, you'll just be miserable as Jonah or you might be even worse. I knew a guy in Mexico and the Mexican people, some of them, in a computer store called him Señor Satanás, Mr. Devil. He was a missionary because he didn't have a love for the people. He didn't have a burden for them, and it showed. Now, what I'm saying applies to missionaries, pastors, teach. If God's calling you, you need to call in a burden. If God's calling you, you need to answer. It's an invitation from God. But God was calling me, and I wasn't listening. It was like I was, fellas, you ever been on the couch, maybe watching football or something, and, and your wife says, dinner's ready. So I'll be right there. And they keep, dinner's getting cold. Oh, I'll be there. You just kind of put her off and put her off. I was putting God off. Don't you dare put God off. It's an invitation from God. Truth be known, I was scared. Yeah. People don't realize this, but I'm an introvert. I was scared. Now, you think I'm, I'm not an introvert, probably, but that's because I'm extroversial. That'll come to you in a minute. I, I hide being an introvert by forcing myself to be extroversial. Now, I've been practicing this for a long time. I got saved back in 1975. So in the beginning, it was a little rough at it, but now I'm pretty good. I can fool a lot of you people, but my knees are rocking right now. I'm scared. I remember, man, I was so scared. I preached the message in Powhatan, the same church you preached in many, many years ago. I was still a student in Bible college, and I, and I was preaching a message, and, and, and I didn't know where to go. I was scared to death. I, I felt like the Holy Spirit had left me. I was preaching talcum powder. And I couldn't wait to get out of that pulpit. A preacher. And I remember I had an illustration and I was trying to make a point and I'm way out here on the end of the limb of this illustration and I forgot where I was going and there were two deacons in the front row and I said, where was I? And they said, I haven't a clue. 
my car. I weep like a baby, and I apologize to the Lord because I was, I was so scared, and I couldn't preach. About two weeks later in Bible college, I got a letter. And some letter, some lady, she had wrote me this really nice letter. She said, Brother Tobin, I was in the services when you preached at our church two or three Sundays ago. And here's something to show my appreciation. She wrote a check for $200. And she said, that was one of the best messages I've ever heard in my life. No, it wasn't. It was my worst. But see what God can do with even someone who's an introvert? It's not me, it's him. God gave me an invitation. I answered the invitation and I was scared to death. And I thought that I would be so busy in the ministry. <laughs> God won't call me. He won't, he won't make me preach. He won't make... <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm in the bus ministry. I'm teaching Sunday school. I even have junior church. <laughs> I'm awful busy, Lord. It didn't work that way. I remember when the preacher preached a message. There was evening services. Most of the time I was in the services with everybody else. And every message, God pricked my heart. God pricked my heart. And I kept coming forward, kept coming forward, weeping like a baby. And I heard the shortest sermon in my life that God used to change my life. I came forward. Ben Sanders took me by the hand. He said, Brother Tobin, why'd you come forward? Lord, I'm sorry. I give it all. You can have whatever I got. I yielded to him, and from then on, things went a lot smoother. I'm not saying it went over. <laughs> there was a lot of times things were rough, but it was so much different once I yield to the Lord. And then I was given an invitation, believe it or not, to be a missionary. Can you believe that? After I yield, did, is that is that the right word? You know, spatch is not the past tense for speech. And I never was very good at spatching. Where's Pastor Coles? Is he here somewhere? Yeah, you know what? I never finished his class on speech. Don't tell him. <laughs> what time did we quit? Six? Seven? What time? Eight? I'm serious. I don't know when I'm supposed to quit. But God gave me an invitation to become a missionary. Let me tell you about it real quick. They had in our church a, 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 a revival meeting thing, and the teens put up this display. It looked like the great white throne judgment. And they had on the wall this uh, paint of flames and stuff, and some of the teens dressed in white robes. And when the and I was looking at my wife, and I said, <laughs> "This is not going to get it. That's so crude. 
I mean, I know they're doing the best they can, but that really doesn't look like the great one. That doesn't look like. And look, they had this big Bible, and they were calling people's names, John Doe, and, and you call, your name wasn't found in the lake, lake of book. Oh, she wasn't cast them in the lake of fire. And I thought, you know, I know they're doing the best they can, but this is not going to work. But it did work. When the invitation was given, a lot of people came forward to get saved. And God touched my heart. I was in about the third row from the back with my wife. And God spoke to my heart. You know what? You yielded. You said you do what you, you go forward. And you bend the knee. So I went forward. And I was just going to help some of these people call upon the Lord Jesus Christ. I was going to bend the knee and open the Bible and show them Romans Road. Then God spoke to my heart. I want you to be a missionary. Now, I know. I didn't hear an audible voice, but it was loud and clear in my heart. So I turned around and went to tell Sandy. Not to get permission. I have the last word in my house. Yes, ma'am. I had her on her hands and knees the other day. She said, come out from under that bed like a man. <laughs> no, I, yeah, but when I told her, I said, honey, guess what? God's called us in the ministry. He wants me to be a missionary. I can't believe it. And she just stared at me like a calf looking at a new gate. It's kind of like when I asked her to marry her. Oh, that's another story. Oh, she was infatuated. Well, is that the right word? I told you I didn't pass speech. I wanted to marry her. So, and it was in Virginia Beach when I proposed to her, believe it or not, at her sister's house. And all I had was a high school ring. So I said, you know, I love you so much. I have this ring. It's all I got. I don't have a wedding ring, but I do have this. I said, how about it? She goes, how about what? <laughs> she, she made me ask her to marry me. Amen. Amen. <laughs> And she's been stuck with me now for 53 years. <laughs> That's 160 if you add them both together. And then there was an invitation to further my education. And we left Hopewell to Chester. One of the fellows in the church in Fairfax Oh, I was a salesman with a Mazda dealership. Gave me a brand new 22-foot van. Use this to move your things. We put everything we had from our house in Fairfax, Virginia, in the back of that truck. And I remember we got on our knees with our kids, and you could hear our voice, my voice echo as I prayed, asking God to lead us. And we drove from there to Hopewell, looking for a place to stay. We knew God wanted us there. We drove up and down the streets. We couldn't find any place to stay. Finally, we came across a house, and we saw some movement. So I stopped the truck, and I said, what are you doing? And they said, we're moving out. Is it a place for rent? Well, sure. I said, can we rent it? He said, well, sure. How much is it? $300 a month. I said, we'll take it. So when they move out the back door, we moved in the front door. That's how God worked. But it wasn't easy. Things got hard. I thought I could support the wife because I knew how to lay brick, but then it started getting very, very cold. You can't lay brick when it's really, really cold. So we had some difficult times, but the Lord saw us through. And then there was a missions conference at Atlantic Baptist Bible College. And somebody from Mexico came, and I got another invitation. 
And this invitation was, I want you to serve me as a missionary in Mexico. It was the 50th day of 1988, February the 19th. I remember it like it was yesterday. And I, had to, I just had to go to Mexico to see. I couldn't go. I didn't have any money. I had two pennies to put together. But I was going to Pastor Cole's church in Hopewell. And they supported our first trip to Mexico. Oh, man, that was so cool. I came back with change. It took a while to get through Bible college. I crammed eight years into four. Four and eight. However that is. I wasn't good at math either. And that same week that we graduated, I was offered an internship in Connecticut. Went to Connecticut three years later, 6,000 brick later, 19 square feet of floor tile and bathroom tire later. We came to Springfield, Missouri and began debutation. Then three years after that, over 200 churches, one major surgery, we arrived in Aguas Calientes, Mexico. All this thing happened because of an invitation and then another invitation and another invitation. But somebody might say, well, why did you leave Mexico to come to the United States? I know a little bit about the military. I was in the Army. And I know that you obey the orders of your commanding officer. And one of the first things that my commanding officer impressed upon my young Christian heart was to teach first grade Sunday school after I got saved. I don't know the difference between... Romans and Catholicism. Did I say that right? Good. But I was going to be a Sunday school teacher. God asked me, to, told me, convinced me, gave me an invitation to teach Sunday school. I taught first grade. You know what's the beauty? One of the beautiful things about that is here I was teaching these kids and I was learning more than they were and it was on the first grade level. <laughs> and then later... About a year or two later, this little kid came to me, little Jonathan Boone. Jonathan Boone said, Brother Tobin, guess what? I got baptized. I said, you did? That's great. When did you get saved? He said, don't you remember you led me to the Lord? Oh, my. What a pleasure. That little boy came to me and said, Brother Tobin, you led me to the Lord. I followed my Lord in believer's baptism. How precious can it get? Later, he encouraged me to serve him as a bus captain. I followed my commander-in-chief. I did that. Following that, through reading the preaching, reading and preaching his word, I surrendered my life to, to be a missionary. And I did. I followed him there. And I went to Bible college. And I did all these things because God called me to do them. My commander-in-chief said, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. You know, I really thought that we would die in Mexico or be raptured out. You know, 53 years before I became a child of God, I received one of those greetings letters from Uncle Sam. Sandy and I have been married for five days, and Uncle Sam says, I want you. I went from, I love you, darling, to get down, trainee. <laughs> but I obeyed. And as a soldier in the Army, I was giving order to go to basic basic. Uh, training at Fort Campbell, I did. After that, I was given orders to go to Huntsville, Alabama, I did. 
They train with me a toe and dragon missile repairman. Anybody have a problem with your toe and dragon missile? I can fix it. That's what they told me. You take this MOS, I've got two things that will happen. You won't go to Vietnam, and you'll have expert teaching, education, and electronics. We're going to teach you how to fix tow and dragon missiles, and when you get out of the Army, you'll have a job. I bet you none of you know what a tow and dragon missile is. There's one. I can fix it. <laughs> These were... We've gone from invitations to, to obeying my commander-in-chief. And the Bible says that our commander-in-chief's gifts and calling, they're without repentance. They're irrevocable. And Sandy and I, we were missionaries in Mexico for almost 14 years. And like I said, we thought we'd die there, be raptured out. But God had other plans for us. And one of those plans was Good News Baptist Church. Of the very few churches that would have us more than one time for a missions conference, Good News Baptist Church had us like every two years. And we saw the Spanish ministry here. It had no pastor. And I'm no Jonah, but I did move in the opposite direction. I didn't want to obey. I wanted to stay in Mexico. GMBC must have been a glutton for punishment because they kept asking me to come back. So we came to another missions conference in 2008. Spanish work was still here. They still needed a pastor. And my heart ached because I thought of all the Spanish-speaking souls that were in the area and no Spanish churches. And I realized if I didn't, if I didn't respond favorably for God's calling, it would be a, an act of rebellion. So, just as we obeyed the orders given by our commander-in-chief to go to Mexico, we followed his orders to come here to Virginia. His gifts and callings are without repentance. We miss our family there in Mexico. I know it sounds silly, but I miss the dirt, the dust, and the wind, and the hot. I miss the scorpions, the tarantulas, the coyotes that cried at night and the braying of the donkeys and the belling of cows. I miss the smell of livestock and taco stand. I don't miss the smell of taco. Yeah, I do. You, you ever been close to a taco stand? Man, that smells good. Yeah, That's the only place I can eat and get stuffed. And then on the way home, you walk by another taco stand and say, man, that smells good. <laughs> Isn't it strange how God will do that? I'm, no, I'm not blaming God. I'll take that back. But we didn't come back to the United States because of a tragic accident. We didn't come back because I was ill or she was ill. God didn't force us or coerce us to leave Mexico. He simply gave us a new set of orders, and we've obeyed them. And with joy, we'll serve him wherever he wants us to serve him because it's an invitation from God Almighty. Now, my Christian life began with basically two invitations an invitation from a soul winner that was knocking doors and an invitation from a soul redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ. My redeemer then called me to serve and I've been serving him ever since and with joy. I haven't arrived yet. I make a lot of mistakes. I'm not that good. But he's, he's the best. I've been blessed by the best. And God's still in the inviting business. He could be speaking to your heart tonight. 
He invites folks to be saved by the grace of God, by repentance and faith. And his children are still in the inviting business. Look what we saw tonight. We had a host of people going to go out and invite people to come to Christ. Isn't that great? This means yes. This means no. This. So I don't know when we're going to stop, but I'm going to stop now. But I'm, not, I'm hoping that the whole Holy Spirit of God has used what little I've had to share with you this evening to speak to your heart. Maybe God's, maybe God's talking to you. Maybe the Holy Spirit is inviting you to be a Sunday school teacher. Maybe God's inviting you to give it all to him, to yield. You may have been holding back. There's nothing like serving God. I'd like you to respond to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'd like you to respond to the calling, the invitation of the Holy Spirit of God. That is, if he's inviting you. I wouldn't put it off, not for a moment. It might be for salvation. It might be for full-time service. It might be just to talk. It might be just for a moment to give thanks to the Lord Jesus Christ for what he's done for you. The invitation is yours. Father in heaven, I pray that you would bless as you so frequently have and you do every day our lives. Lord, there are some here tonight that it's possible that they've never received Christ as the Lord and Savior. There's some here tonight, Father, it's possible that have refused to obey you. There are, it's possible, Father, that there's someone here that's had invitation after invitation after invitation and they just won't yield to your invitations. Lord, would you, would you be with them tonight? Would you, would you? Nudge them one more time. Give them another chance to respond and tell you, Lord, here am I. Your gifts and your callings are irrevocable. They're without repentance. And help us, Lord, to realize that and say, I'm done running. I want to serve. Would you have your way? I ask you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.